everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Double your pleasure, double your fun with blood relatives, more murders than one. Oh. I just did a poem. Okay. I feel like it's the word pleasure that needs to be removed. Yeah. Because it's not a pleasure. I get a pleasure out of it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Our listeners get a pleasure out of it. Do they? Our numbers are going down. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> On blood relatives. We're going to have to switch it. This might be the end. Enjoy these last few because we may need to switch. You guys. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. This is so upsetting. That doesn't mean we can't come back. It just means we need to take a break from blood relatives to like regroup, concentrate, figure out our prospective murder boards. And then we can come back when we're fresh. I'm devastated. I'm so sorry. I wish I had better news. Well, the people, maybe you can fix this for me and my broken heart. Subscribe to our show on a neighbor, friend, loved one's phone and set it to automatically download. Thank you very much. The problem with blood relatives is this is very much, you may not understand what's happening. So let's do a brief recap. If you're new to blood relatives on ID Network, it is a show where... It's a just your average ID network show. Somebody's going to get murdered. How dare you? A relative is going to have done it, except they've added... There's nothing average about this show. They've added a little oomph. A lot of oomph. Now we have uh, a creature of the week, sometimes two creatures of the week. It's usually themed around a color or colors, but mainly one color. And then also there's some wacky antics and wordplay phenomenon that happen. And sepia-toned imagery. Right. And lots of symbols that mean everything or nothing. It's really a choose-your-own-adventure. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. This episode is called Splitting Airs, H-E-I-R-S, which is actually a brilliant title that I just got because there's a barber in it. Oh, I didn't get it either. I'm right there with you. But I did not pick this episode prior on purpose. Really? Why? Because why didn't I pick it, Kimberly? Because there's a spider. A big one. Yeah, but it's barely there. And I'm good now. I'm over my fear. But I didn't know that. As you're watching, as you're starting to watch the episode, usually if I saw one, I would try to not do it. No, I'm good. This show has cured my phobia of spiders to a very small degree. It really hasn't. But I can watch them on TV now. That's an improvement. Without screaming and passing out from shock. Only 75 more phobias to go and you're not going to be afraid of anything. You're going to be skydiving. We'll be a normal functioning person. No, I'll just be a functioning adult. So this is season two, episode one at the start of season two. Very exciting. Brenda Strong is our host, not Brenda Song from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, just to clarify. Brenda Strong from Desperate Housewives. There we go. Seinfeld, many other shows. They say the smaller the town, the bigger the secrets. That has always been my experience on Datelines. So Mm -hmm. good for her. But on the surface, things in Laceyville, Pennsylvania couldn't be more hunky dory. She says hunky dory. I like it. Do you think she says hunky dory in her real life? No, not at all. Never. No, I don't think so. She's definitely too classy for hunky-dory. Right away, we get our creature of the week outside of a church. 
because even tarantulas have to pray and absolve their sins. It's a tarantula. Pray, get it? Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. You said it. The church is the basis for the community, except for a little boy who has a bloody nose for some reason. He got a bloody nose at church. Never explained. It's very drafty inside the church. And his nasal passages got dry. Kids get spontaneous bloody noses, don't they? I did all the time. Yeah, there you go. At school, yeah. It's a kid thing. I was constantly at the nurse's station. It was very embarrassing. So he has like bloody nose, bloody face, and then we see blood dripping down onto his white shirt, which gives us two of our colors, white and red, immediately. There we go. There's also a little girl dressed like an angel. And when I say dressed like an angel, not like sugar and spice and everything nice. Oh, she's an angel. She is dressed with feathery wings, white wings, and a white dress and a halo above her head at church. Not described, not explained. Was it some sort of pageant that day? Yeah, it seemed like nativity. My my thought was, what is the I don't remember what the angel says. Except it's very clear that this episode takes place in the summer. A baby was born in a manger to an innkeeper and his wife. I don't remember. It's something like that. I can't believe I can't remember what the angel says in the nativity, but that's what it looks like. Full top of the Christmas tree angel. Yeah, but it's not. This episode takes place in the summer, though. We are clearly told that. Yeah, that's true. We are clearly told it multiple times. You're right. Multiple times is the summer. Also, no one else is dressed up for a nativity or Christmas church service. Just this one girl. So dressing like an angel is at church. Is that like wearing white to a wedding? Passe. It's offensive. No, gauche. Gauche. Is it? Is it tacky? Soup's tack. Is it? Also, how is she sitting there in the pews with those wings and the halo? Is she not blocking people's view of the pastor? I don't understand. It's just rude. You get away with a lot when you're adorable. Yeah, she's really pushing the envelope, though. Probably that's what people were whispering or hissing to themselves in church. So so our colors are clearly red, black and white. Everyone is dressed in red, black and white. Why are you looking at me like that? I would say the color is red. And white and black. But black and white don't normally count. Fine. Red. Because they're like the middle colors. Or OK, maybe so. You're right. Red, black and white. Everyone is dressed in red, black and white, I would say. Red being the emphasis color. After church, the wives and the children picnic in the park and the men gather at the barber shop where Joe Colgrove, he runs the shop. He's the 60-year-old proprietor of the shop and he was a pillar of the community. If we were watching Dateline, you could mark that off your bingo cards. Maybe you could play Dateline bingo for blood relatives. I don't know. But pillar of the community. He might give you the shirt off his back. Unclear. He is, for some reason, pushing a lot of blood on the sidewalk. And I don't know how to describe it better than that. It's like when you see a shopkeeper hosing down the sidewalk outside, it, but it's blood and he's doing it with like a push broom and the blood is just spilling into the street, like not really going anywhere because it's you're pushing it with a broom. Did he cut someone's neck while shaving them? and hit a jugular vein? Why is the sidewalk outside of barbershop like 
the elevator in The Shining. What's happening? It's a little Sweeney Todd. Yes, it is. And Brenda makes that joke later. She does, which I was surprised. But I'm I'm not sure what it's supposed to represent because it looks like we're at a butcher shop. It's a lot of blood. I At first, I thought it might be red paint and he was painting the sidewalk out front red. It doesn't make any sense. It's never explained. Because usually the red blood that we see that becomes like gory, it's supposed to be, it starts off as something innocent, something explainable like red paint, but then it turns into blood. This is not one of those scenes. This is just him pushing red blood slash paint into the street. I don't know. Like that's going to dye the sidewalk. I don't understand. Yeah, I'm really, I don't know. So his wife, Marlene, she wears the pants in the family, except she's wearing a tight red dress and not pants. If she had a problem with you, you knew it. Basically, they go all around, dance around the fact that she's kind of a B word. And they try to say it in nicer terms. Like she wears the pants and she's very assertive. And if she had a problem with you, she'd take it up straight to your face. And everyone was scared of her. One family friend says Marlene was mad at him for about six months. She held a grudge. She's just no nonsense. Yeah. He doesn't say what he did, though. What did he do that got her so mad at him for six months? I got the feeling it wasn't much. I feel like he just didn't tip the barber. And Marlene might be the kind of person that if you say something off to her, even if you didn't think you did, she's mad at you. And then you don't know she's mad at you until a week later. And you're like, what did I say? That's a difficult Mm -hmm. personality. Because they basically make it seem like she's tough with everyone except for children. She's very nice to children. So she's a school bus driver. She loved these children. She would never leave a child at a bus stop without someone to pick them up. She just cared so much. So really quick question before we move to the picnic. Did you notice at the barbershop that every man there is in a red tie? Yeah, I did. That's why I thought the colors were black, white, and red. Why are they all in the same color tie? I don't know. Was that the uniform for the church? Yeah, maybe. I don't think so, though. It's an interesting choice. Okay. So Marlene loves kids. Did we mention she loves kids? Yeah. They build it up so much. And then you find out she actually is like not love all children. And it's, yeah. I think that's why they build it up. That was my thought is they're building it up because it's like this is an anomaly. Right. This was such a big problem and it was so odd because she loved kids so much. I mean, she did love kids enough to put up with being a bus driver for a long time. That's you have to like kids to do it. I would not do it. Yeah. The amount of spit and gum in your hair. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. No. It's a lot of patience. So the kids are running around the park and... Oh my gosh, it's not just the girl dressed like an angel in full halo for no reason who is staring at the sky in this very strange way like she's seeing aliens come down. There is a little boy. Tell me if you caught it. It was so fast. If you blinked, you missed it. He's They're running around playing tag. You'd have no idea what I'm talking about. I missed it the first time too. He's running around with a pig mask on. Oh, brother. So we're right back where we started. Does she say anything about pog heaven? No. Pigs in heaven? Pigs when pigs fly? It's not mentioned at all. This has to be the start of the pig themes, though, right? 
Did we see any big themes in episode in season one? We've not seen season one. We've never never done an episode of seen season one. You're saying so. This is the start. No. So this could be the start of we do have a running pig motif in blood relatives that we can't quite figure out. There's a lot of pig paraphernalia. The mask looks like a plastic version mask of our pig that we've come to know and not really love because he's kind of grotesque looking. And I love all creatures. I'm frustrated that I missed it. I'm going to have to go back and watch. I was much more concerned with something else that's happening in the grass at the picnic. Right. That no one seems to notice and is never also explained. Right. So there's a shiny, sparkly knife laying in the ground at the park in the grass. A giant. Giant butcher's knife with a tarantula crawling over it. This is so much more dangerous than the syringes you normally find at a park. Why is no one concerned that there's a butcher's knife and there's children running around? Or a spider or a tarantula. Or a spider. Yeah, no one notices. Marlene convinces the men to join them for the picnic with red coolers that day. So they bring in these red coolers. And we learn that Marlene and Joe have three grown sons. 36-year-old Michael is the oldest. He has a heart condition. But some people think he's faking it. And that is all we ever hear about that. And I was hoping for more. I also feel like unless you have proof of that, maybe it should not have been mentioned. Right. Because that doesn't seem like make Michael look in a very good light. Also, this actor is doing his best to try to look ill without looking ill. (laughs) And I feel really bad for him. Everyone's like, take it easy. Take it easy. Right. The mom is taking off his jacket like he's getting overheated at the park. Also, this Michael, when you see the three sons, he is a foot shorter than the tallest one. Looks nothing like them. And about 46. So it's good. (laughs) Yeah, bald, 46. So he has a heart condition, maybe. He is a little league coach. That's really all we know about him. Okay. So 34-year-old Robert is the middle brother. He is wearing a wig for sure, right? What's going on with his hair in the close-ups? No, he just has hair. Sometimes hair looks like that. I've never seen hair like that on a person. I trust you, though. I know you're a better wig spotter than I am. I didn't notice it as being a wig, and I feel like I would spot it. Okay. It's just hair. Is it really? I mean, I could go back and look, but I did not notice. Did you see plugs or something? What did you see? No, it's like he's auditioning for the role of a rock star. So he got that sort of hair. Oh, 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 sorry. You mean his hairstyle. Yes. Sorry. Where are my notes? The the beeb. Yeah, he's got the full front combed hair, which is for denotes I'm young and hip. It's front brushed forward like this. <laughs> it's just that's the only time it's like that. The rest of the episode, it's kind of back away from his face. But in his close up one shot at the beginning, we see it brushed forward like the Bieber. Yeah, but there are also choppy pieces that are kind of up. I don't think it's supposed to be brushed forward. Yeah. Under no circumstances is it supposed to be just the stylist that day did it all forward. And we're like, this looks good, but that happens. Mm -mm. So he has two sons and a wife, Heather, who is wearing a red dress. So mom and Heather both wearing a red dress. Also, there are red roses in a vase like you have at any picnic. Sorry, it was a lot of red. That's why I thought red. We were getting hit with it in this first picnic scene. I was like, okay, we get it. Why do you have roses at a picnic? Just to show us the colors red? I understand. And then the red dresses that are, I'll talk about that later. 
So Robert and Heather live next door to the parents for free. But there's drama living next to the mother-in-law because Marlene is what they would say a tough personality. And Heather and Marlene don't get along, but they're living there for free. So it's kind of worth putting up with. Is it? Mm. I guess. Eh. So youngest son is hot Steven, who was in the Air Force. Sometimes he looks really hot. Sometimes he doesn't. He might be a two-face. Unsure. They're literally having him come in like Maverick and Top Gun. He's got aviators on. The minute they tell us he's in the airport, they're like, hot young pilot. And he comes in, which not everyone in the Air Force is a pilot, surprise. But they have him like in aviators. And they don't wear aviators all the time. He's not in a suit or a tie. He's wearing like a white shirt, open buttons. He's like the jock. You know, I mean, I would be surprised if he brought out a volleyball and started tossing it. (laughs) It's that kind of feeling. Yes. And the rock music would start playing and all the girls would start swooning. Oh, actually, they do have all the girls start swooning because the only girl there is Heather and the mom. And Heather, his brother's wife, is kind of ogling over him. Who's fantastically beautiful. She's very beautiful. Just let me just put that out there right now. She's another unbelievably attractive person in Blood Relatives. Also, why is she ogling him and like stroking his hand like that? And then it's never mentioned again. You think they're setting it up for an affair between the two of them. You think they're setting it up for something. Never is explained. Red herring. Red herring. So he is the only son that's not taking money from the parents. And they didn't offer. Hmm. Interesting. But he's like the winner of the kids. He's the handsome one. He's the athletic one. He's the talented one, et cetera. Except. Except what? He's got colon cancer. Yeah, he got colon cancer. (laughs) So I guess he's not the winner. But the other one has a heart disease and the other one has a premature baldness that is causing him to wear a wig. So it's they both they're all winners. So dad, Joe, is carving up a giant piece of meat like they do at picnics. Question mark. This whole picnic is way too fancy. They have glass pitchers that they're pouring water from. They have roses in actual glass faces and they have giant steaks. It wasn't even a steak. It was like a roast or something. It was like a roast. It was like a rump roast. It's like a roast. And he has, what's that thing that you stab it with? Like the, it's a the two pronged thing. It, and then you you hold it with one hand and then slice with the butcher knife. Carver. A carver. So maybe, I don't know. Wrong person to ask. But so he's doing that at the picnic. Like he's at a wedding and he's at the chef's table at a wedding. It makes no sense. And then of course we get the sepia tone changes and you imagine that it's like, and it turns into bloody, maggots. The meat is maggots. And they, I guess, had a maggot wrangler because they're actual maggots. So whoever is a maggot wrangler and that's, you're in into show business, good for you. Good for you. You're going to hang out on the blood relative set. Where did they get maggots? I think they're maggot like farmers that do TV work. They probably got paid a lot for all those like Saw movies and hostile movies. I feel like there's maggots in those. I don't really know. I haven't seen those. I'm about to ruin your day, by the way. Why? They're not real maggots. No, it's not about the maggots. It's about the 
the tool. Is it called a carver? It's called a carving knife and fork. Oh, so you were very close. That thing with two prongs is called a fork. It's called a carving fork. Why couldn't we just call it like a thick or something? It's like chained one tiny thing. I thought a fork was supposed to be called a fork because it has four tines on it. What about a knife and forkle? Forkette. Why can't we change it slightly? No, because forkette, it makes it sound dainty and tiny, where you want a word that makes it sound big and grand. What about forkin with the umlaut? <laughs> there you go. Did it. Yeah. Forkin. And you have to have a Scottish accent. Forkin knife. Yeah. That sounds like you're saying something else in an Irish accent, but that's fine. Go ahead. I don't know why you thought I would be sad by that. Oh, I was disappointed. I didn't know. I thought it had an actual name and I was going to learn the name of it. And I learned that the name is a fork. So I was just, (laughs) I get disappointed easily. It's fine. It's like those little plastic things on the end of shoelaces that has a word. Sprocket? No. Sprinkle? No. Skirkin? No. Skip? Shallot? No, that's a person. Aglet or aglet. They're saying it is an, oh, no, this one's just saying aglet. An aglet is a quail's egg. (laughs) A-I-G-L-E-T. But it's also A-G-L-E-T. That's disappointing, too. Aglet. So the heart of the conflict in this family is little angel girl, Brianna. I didn't see it coming, weirdly. Even though she's dressed up like an angel, I was like, oh, okay, so we're not going to center around the children. This is going to be adults fighting. Right. Oh, and then when you see that it centers around a girl, you think, oh, this is like every other blood relatives where it centers around a child. Someone's going to murder someone for custody of the child. And it's the opposite of that. Flip that and reverse it. Exactly. Yeah. So were you rapping just now? I just stole from Missy Elliott. You, from Missy? Yeah, you did. She's not mad at me. No, she's not mad. She's not listening. So... Then we get our first dialogue of the episode because we never get dialogue in these shows. We only hear Brenda Strong talking over the actors mouthing lines to each other. And Robert, the wig man, says, last one in is a rotten egg, which I thought would have some sort of meaning. There would be like an egg theme or something because they gave him an actual line that we actually hear a line and not just... But no, it doesn't mean it. Does he have laces in his shoes? Maybe he's talking about his egglets. It's A-I-G-L-E-T. It's not E-G-G. I know, I heard you, but maybe it's pronounced hard A, egglet, which sounds like egglet. (laughs) She's looking it up. Okay, come back to me when you're done. So Robert and Heather have adopted little angel girl Brianna, but... Remember how we said that Grandma Marlene loved children so much? Mm -hmm. It doesn't apply to adopted children, I guess. She has a big old bee in her bonnet, Brenda tells us. But we don't see a bee. Now, she she is a big old bee in a bonnet. Oh, okay. But it's a capital B. I understand. That was good. High five. But you're right. Normally, Brenda would say bee in a bonnet and we would see a bee buzzing around because she loves to do that. And someone would slap their arm and pull it away and we get a close-up shot that someone just got stung. We actually get that exactly later. But not a bee. But not a bee and not at this moment. And it's very strange then too. It makes no sense then either. You're right. It really doesn't. None of it makes sense. So 
here's the problem that I have. I kind of understand she's going to look really bad for not wanting this adopted daughter, but the family already has. So Robert and Heather already have their two boys. Mm -hmm. They want a girl. So they're going to adopt this girl, which is a wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. But they are currently living on the parents' property for free because I'm guessing because of financial problems. So maybe this isn't the right time to adopt. Right. And maybe a better time would be when you're a little more financially secure is probably what the mom is saying. That's my guess. And so this is all finance based. Right. Instead, blood relatives makes it seem like she shuns adopted children. And she doesn't. Here's why I think that she is actually that terrible is because Brenda says some women would fake it, but not Marlene. She gives little Brianna the cold shoulder. So that's not cool because your issue is with the parent's decision to adopt a child when they're still financially dependent on you. You don't take that out on this child. I'm really hoping that that's an exaggeration and that friends of Marlene would come on and say she wasn't giving a child the cold shoulder. Right. Maybe she wasn't being as warm. But the problem is a child like that is going to need extra. Extra warmth and love. Because... They're not a there. They can see that the boys get all of this love from their grandma. So if she's not giving as much or more, it's going to damage her. It's going to hurt her. Yes. Is this the point, by the way, that we've switched scenes? Or are we still at the picnic when they tell us this? And she's running around. No, we are no longer at the picnic. They're all walking into the house with the coolers. And then the little girl is just wandering outside, like the front yard or the backyard. In the angel costume. Oh, With the angel playing with a tire swing, pushing a tire swing. By herself, though, pushing a tire swing with an invisible friend on it. I think she sees aliens because the way she was looking up at that sky and run, the kids are running around, bumping into her and she doesn't notice. She's transfixed on the sky. And I've been doing, listening to some alien stuff lately. Well, then you're biased. And I think she might have seen something otherworldly. And then that otherworldly being is sitting in that tire swing. Aren't you afraid of aliens? Why are you listening to alien stuff? Again, I'm knocking down fears right and left. New Kimber, who dis? Okay. Thanks, Toby Ball's podcast, Strange Arrivals. I'm enjoying you. There you go. So we don't know the extent to which Marlene is a terrible human being. No. It could be Brenda Strong making it for the show. I think it probably is. But I think that there were definitely some fights about whether or not to adopt this little girl. And Mm -hmm. I can't see that not spilling over. This is a very difficult situation. So the parents do the very smartest thing right now, which is what happens right now. Yeah, this is actually I don't think they're making it up for the show because of what happens now. Right. I think Marlene actually was this terrible to this daughter. Robert and Heather say you need to treat her like a real blood family member. She is a real member of this family now or else. And Brenda says, as we see Marlene reading a book to the two grandsons that she loves because they're blood, we learn that the family has always been as close as the pages in a book, which was only a line so they could use that shot, I think. That's not terrible. That's not bad. We've had so much worse. I'm fine with it. It's not her worst. No. Now Brianna is in black. Yeah, there we go. Maybe because this is the pivotal moment. Black sheep. 
black sheep of the family. Yes. So should they put her in black for this? But only in Marlene's, only in Marlene's head. To not to us, not to her family. No, not at all. But they're, it's symbolic. She's the angel at the beginning. Now she's in black. And it's very, also, they never put a child in black in this series. So it's, it's very sad. Very sad. So Heather says she gets a line now. Heather gets a line. So, so far, Robert, the husband, and Heather, his wife, have gotten a line. Also, Brianna can see the spider at this point, by the way. Oh. She's in the grass and the spider's right there. But what is Brianna's reaction to the spider that lets you think that she can see it? I know she can see it because her eyes are watching it. But I'm also wondering how close her parent was on set because of the spider. And that is a brave little girl because I would say most girls her age, she seems to be about nine, are probably really scared of a spider that big. Yes, most women my age are as well. Good for her. Yeah, so she does great. Yeah. Also, I don't know if it was added in later, but my thought is it probably wasn't. So anyways, it was an interesting shot. Doesn't it look to be CGI? So Heather comes in and says, come on, boys, let's go, which is another amazing line that they've chosen to give audio to. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always think the audio lines are actually going to be important, but they're rarely important. Brenda gets the real important lines. So Heather is now in a red top and black pants. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's calling the boys to her because they are moving off of the property. They're moving away and cutting ties from Marlene and Joe, the grandparents, because Marlene, quote, refuses to have anything to do with the granddaughter. So Marlene's looking real bad. That's bad. She's looking really bad. And we have two family friends that are being interviewed and neither of them, maybe it's editing or maybe they were not asked about it, but neither of them say anything to lead us to believe otherwise. Yeah. That Marlene was not that terrible to this little girl. So Heather and Robert and his wig are moving off the estate. Now, I had some questions about Joe Joe, it seems to be okay with this. He loves these grandchildren, but he's not standing up to his wife because he never does because she wears the pants. Interesting dynamic there. So now the whole town is whispering about Marlene and they're not saying nice things. Marlene decides to write Robert and Heather out of their will, giving them just a dollar out of pure spite. Despite them, she's giving them this single dollar. And we see her leading some sort of quilting circle, some sort of community quilting crafting circle with some red scissors. Red string. Red string and some other women who are clearly terrified of Marlene. And much younger. Much, so much younger. Yeah. 30 years younger. And they're listening to Marlene rant about how terrible her son and wife are for taking away their grandchildren that she kind of doesn't want anything to do with. And she's taking them out of the will. And these terrified women are just like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, Marlene. So at this point, I'm not going to say I'm disappointed. I don't know who to be disappointed with, Brenda Strong or the writers, but she's in a quilting circle. Yeah, what would you have said? How hard would it have been to cutting out the fabric of the family? Mm. There's puns here. There's wordplay here that we could have done. Yeah, cutting the string, something string. Anything. It's too late to patch things up. Right. There you go. Right off the top of your head, you got that. And I'm an idiot with puns. And I came up with that. 
I didn't say that, but you said it. Mm-hmm. I think that the fact that we just came up with like three or four from the jump, mm-hmm. I think they didn't know there was a quilting scene. Yeah, it's we got to find out which they do first, shooting it or the script, because so much of it is overlapping where we see a hog heaven, hear hog heaven, and we see a pig. So which came first, the chicken or the egg? I'm going to be honest with you. I think what happens is that Brenda Strong comes in for a day because that's how they do voiceover. And she reads eight in a day. She might read the whole season in one day or she does it at home and sends it in. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, maybe they have four or five episodes shot and four or five not shot yet. Interesting. That's why we get it sometimes and not every time because it's overlapping. I think that someone on the show an intern is writing the script in the drive-through of McDonald's getting coffees for the producers. And that's how we get our scripts. That's what I think. But that doesn't solve the mystery. Is it as the show is being shot or is it way before or when is he doing that? I think as they're shooting it and he's late to the set. So like he hasn't even seen what they've shot. And then they're like, oh, he wrote a good line about a pig. Let somebody go find a pig. And they're like, yeah, this is ID. We have pigs. Are you sure it's not my idea? No, it's probably your idea. So let's, we need to talk to Brenda. <laughs> it could be McDonald's. We need to talk to Brenda. That's <laughs> what we need. Yeah. So, yeah. but we're too scared to ask her. Kim keeps trying to get her to respond. She does not want to know us. Don't push that. She doesn't want to. I don't blame her. So they are aggressively tearing the fabric as the fabric of the family is being aggressively torn at. Yes, they are. They are. Mm -hmm. It writes itself, people. What are you doing? So Heather keeps the grandkids from seeing Marlene because no doy, obviously. Yeah. And Marlene is not having this. She wants to see those grandchildren, except only the male ones. So... She shows up to the boys' Little League game where their uniforms are red and white. And Heather, <laughs> Katie is like, Katie just rubs her face. It Like she's in so much pain during these episodes. And I honestly can never tell which part it's for because there's so much to rub your face at. What do you think? Take a guess. Is it the outfit that Marlene is wearing? Marlene or Heather? The outfit that Heather is wearing. Because she's going to a club after her son's Little League game. She's going straight to the club. So it's probably important that she wears her tightest red dress to the Little League game with a pair of heels. It wasn't red, though. That's what got me. It was like purple fuchsia. And I felt like that doesn't go at all. What are you doing? It's been red the whole time. Heather sees Marlene saunters up in this tight clubbing dress. Totally appropriate for a Little League game. It's striking how inappropriate it is. I normally like, I'm not shaming. There's nothing about that. It's just not something you'd wear to a Little League game unless you were going to your job after. In high heels. Yes. Is it kind of one of those that's strapless except for one strap that kind of goes over one shoulder? It's basically a bandage Hervé Leger dress. They were really popular a few years ago, like about nine or 10 years ago, those bandage dresses, you know what I'm talking about? They look like strips of elastic wrapped yeah. around the dress. That's what the dress appeared to be. What? Why is she dressed like that? I mean, she looks beautiful. I love her red lipstick. I'm a big red lipstick person. With the purple dress? With any dress. 
And nothing makes red lipstick look better on your skin than having clear, evened out skin that's fresh and clean with just a bright pop of red lip. That's my favorite. I love it. That is nice. And I know exactly where to go. Thrive Cosmetics. Thrive Cosmetics is an incredible cosmetics company with a cause, that C-A-U-S-E cause. Thrive Cosmetics makes high-performance, vegan, 100% cruelty-free products without the use of parabens or sulfates. That's why it's really easy to stand behind their bigger-than-beauty mission and why we really think you should give Thrive Cosmetics a try. Thrive Cosmetics clinically proven formulas not only highlight your best features, but they actually improve your skin over time. Right now, they have launched a bunch of holiday sets that are available in the holiday season. I know you may think it's too early for holiday, but for me, I'm a holiday set person. I love them. No, I think it's time. I think they should start them in June. Yeah. I'm not kidding. The Thrive Cosmetics holiday sets are only here for a limited time, but you'll be able to save up to 25% off on some of their best sellers. And by best sellers, of course, I'm talking about the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, which is ophthalmologist tested and great for those who have sensitive eyes or contact lens wears. Also for people just a fan of having their eyelashes look great. It's my mom's number one all-time favorite. I know what Joni's getting for Hanukkah. Also, to go with that red lipstick, might I recommend the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It is an incredible product that you can use to brighten anywhere on your face. You can use it on the top of your cheekbones, in the corner of your eyes, and just that little pop of brightness, you'd be amazed. It's like an eraser. It's incredible. Yeah. And for your skin, I would recommend the Overnight Sensation Brightening Sleep Mask, which is another one of my mom's favorite and also my favorite. So we kind of fight over it. It's incredible. You sleep with this mask on overnight. And when you wash it off in the morning, your face has that not greasy, but glowy look. Mm. It, it is like a skin refresher. And going along with that, grab one of their Defying Gravity Eye Lifting Creams, which I have been using for about a month. And I have noticed a really big difference in my eye fine lines. It's great for people, again, also with sensitive eyes. Hang on. Ordering some right now because your eyes look really good. This is incredible. It works. Let me just say that. So Thrive Cosmetics' Bigger Than Beauty mission is one of the reasons we love Thrive the most. For every product purchased, they have a commitment to support nonprofit partners with a donation of funds or products. It's truly inspiring, and it's a beauty brand that goes way beyond being just skin deep. We love everything about Thrive Cosmetics. Their products are some of the best I've ever used, and their Bigger Than Beauty mission is truly inspiring. You're going to love them as much as we do, Go to the website and check them out. Visit thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. This is an exclusive offer you can only get here. Make sure to check out the holiday sets. That's thrive, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first order. Thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. Thank you, Thrive. Thrive your way into the holidays. Love it. Katie, I'm pretty sure every member of this family needs better help. They all need counseling. For sure. And they can help you too. Whether you're being stalked by an ominous tarantula or your dad owns a barbershop that leaks blood, BetterHelp can help. BetterHelp can provide you with a licensed therapist in the privacy of your own home. Or you could take your phone to the local park where you watch the children in the pig masks run around. 
as children tend to do. You can start communicating with a therapist in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time. Like, hi, I'm at church and there's a little girl sitting in front of me with a giant feathery halo on and I can't see the preacher. Is she an actual angel or can I kick the back of her pew until she leaves? So many no. people have been using better help. That's why I need a counselor because I don't know the answers to questions like that. And you should. That's why you need a counselor. <laughs> That's why I need a counselor. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. States like Pennsylvania, where things aren't as hunky-dory as they seem. Mm. BetterHelp has counselors specialized in all kinds of issues like anxiety, depression, sleeping problems, LGBTQ plus issues, marriage problems, and the intense family situations seen on this program. BetterHelp is easy. It's completely confidential. It's affordable. Contact them today to start living a happier life. And as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. Thank you so much, BetterHelp. We adore you. Thank you. So, Marlene and Heather start yelling at each other through the fence of the baseball game. Because if Heather wasn't already making a scene in front of these young boys Mm -hmm. in that dress, then she's definitely doing it screaming with Marlene. And literally, they're both holding on to different sides of the fence and shaking it. The whole fence is shaking. It's just going to come toppling down. So son Michael, the one with the heart problems, is umpiring and he throws them all out of the game. Even the little boy who is doing nothing wrong, but being a pawn in his, the elders in his life's relationship issues. That is not fair to that child. I did not like that. So Marlene says at this game, as she's being thrown off the field, if something ever happens to me, it's Robert and Heather's fault which is always a weird thing that people say. And most of the problem is most of the time it's correct. Yeah. From what we've seen on Dateline, if there's a warning, it's generally who they were warning about. What I want to know is, I get, okay, so what you're saying, the percentage of times where it is correct, if something happens to me, it's so-and-so, I think is 99%. Yeah. But I want to know what's the percentage of people that say that expression and then nothing bad happens to them or something bad happens to them. Say it in all seriousness. Yes. That's what I want to know. I would say 99% as well. Do you think 99% of people that say if something happens to me, blah, 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 actually get murdered? If I was to have a very serious conversation with you and say if something happens to me, it's Oliver. Right you must think there's some danger. I would think that doom was imminent. Right. That's so interesting. But I don't know. Some people are also super dramatic. That's true. And so maybe they're like imagining things in their mind. So it's okay. Maybe 99% is too much. Let's say 75%. Like, I don't feel like Marlene actually thinks she's in danger at this point. I think she's just being dramatic because she doesn't know she's on an episode of Blood Relatives. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I do think that that's interesting. I do think in this chance. Yeah. Maybe it's 70 percent. 
I'm going to need people to just write to me and let me know if they've ever heard someone say that and if something bad happened to that person after, because that's the only way we will be able to do this scientific study. No one has ever said that to me. Has anyone ever said that to you? You know, a lot of dramatic people. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm thinking that's why I didn't answer right away. She's thinking she's doing a Rolodex in her head. I'm actually not sure. I don't think so off the top. Well, then you would definitely remember if something bad had happened to them because then you go back and you catalog anything they've ever said that was weird. So you would remember that they had said that. So maybe someone has said something like that to you, but nothing bad ever happened to them. Maybe, or maybe I lost touch. That's true. I don't know. Anyways, press on. So Marlene says, if something ever happens to me, it's Robert and Heather's fault. And because of that, Michael, the son that's the umpire who has the heart problem, is worried for Marlene's safety. Again, we don't really know why. There are no threats against her life. But he gets a gun and he dramatically stares into a bowl of lemons holding that gun. Why it is not a red fruit, no one knows. I thought it was oranges. Jeez, my colors are all off. (laughs) Bitter lemons, bitter oranges. Regardless, not a red fruit. So younger son, Stephen, tries to broker a peace treaty with the whole family. And they are all sitting at each other, sitting at a table, staring at each other across from a bowl of non-red fruit. Oranges. Oranges. This is the oranges. Yeah. Yeah, because she cuts one. No, I think I thought it was still lemons. So Michael's just sitting there like playing with the gun which is not a good start to a peace treaty. Why is the gun at the table? They're at the dinner table. They're literally having a peace treaty and Michael is sitting there playing with the gun. He also looks unwell. He looks unhinged. Yeah. So then the mom cuts the fruit with a big knife and it turns into a bloody fruit. A blood orange. (laughs) Blood lemon. Sure. So storm clouds roll in. So this better be important to the story or is this another symbolic storm? It actually kind of seems to be a slightly important to the story for the first time ever. Agreed. It's important. Yeah, it actually is. Well done, blood relatives. It is a noisy thunderstorm. And the next morning, Joe's barbershop is closed. Marlene is missing too. She doesn't show up for a quilting party. And a friend of hers and her dad go into the house to check and see if everything is okay. And they find blood everywhere. And then Brenda says her epic line, not since Sweeney Todd has a barber been mixed up in such ghastly horror. Great line. Good job. Good job all. Good job. So Inside the house is the stuff of nightmares. Michael, with the heart condition, the umpire, he's been living with the parents. He's found dead. They actually, one guy says that the shotgun blast, this is so gruesome. Should I not even say it? But his phrasing was so strange. It's a close range shot to his head with a shotgun that's meant for shooting animals far away. Yeah. And the guy that is describing it just describes it in a way that I thought was very strange. So the house of horrors doesn't end there, Brenda says. Joe is found shot in his room and in a separate bedroom is Marlene. They don't really address why they're in separate bedrooms. It's none of our business. It's their own private marriage. Oh, I think a lot of, oh, a lot of couples. Definitely like if somebody snores. I mean, there's a thousand reasons. Yeah. 
they've both been shot. And then we see the tarantula crawling over broken glass. So was it a burglary? One of the doors, window panes are broken. And outside the phone line is cut, which we haven't seen on a show in a very long time. What year is this? This is in the 2000s. Okay. There was still a landline. My parents still have a landline. But nothing has been ransacked and nothing has been disturbed. And what happens on every dateline when there's a stage robbery? Every time. Every single. I knew it the minute I saw. The glass, right? The spider on the glass. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's going to be coming the wrong way. The glass is broken from the inside. Always. No one watches dateline. Always. Well, no one just has common sense. Common sense. If you're going to plan a murder, plan that part. Every step should be planned. Nope. And then we see a shot of a body's feet from under a sheet, which is kind of just uh, whenever we see it on Dateline, it's way too much and it's gruesome. But as this, it's an actor, obviously. And I was wondering, like, which, which actor was it? There are six shotgun shells. Hunters use them for geese or turkeys, apparently. And then we see some neighbors who are very upset. They didn't hear anything because of the thunderstorm. And there's your thunderstorm angle. There we go. It actually made sense. Police are writing with a red pen also, and that continues through the rest of the episode. Lots of red pens. Lots of them. A lady saw a white pickup truck speeding away at three in the morning. Interesting. Hmm. And the family friend who's being interviewed says, I just can't believe how someone could kill these basically good human beings. Hmm. I think it's realistic. Not And no one's all good. It's true. It's true. They weren't like running a pedophile ring. You know what I'm saying? They were good people, even though they had their flaws, is what he was trying to say. Yeah. In a horrible way, too. Absolutely. The blood splatter at this scene is... It's a lot. Grotesque. So trigger warning, get ready. It's like all that blood outside of Joe's barbershop is just in the house. Yeah, kind of. It's that much. It's a lot. Every finger comes pointing back at son Robert. And they even find a note inside the house that Marlene had written to Robert saying that she was cutting him out of the will. And something that I didn't understand, it said, if he finds that letter before the funeral, don't show up. What funeral is she talking about? Her own funeral? Yes. She's planning her own funeral. Yes. A lot of people do that that are older. Yeah, she probably like it goes along with the will, I'm assuming, with her leaving him a dollar or whatever. I think it's more like her thinking she was in danger and screaming to everyone in the town. My life is in danger and they're the ones that are going to do it. I don't know. I feel like this is the precursor to her actually. Did she change the will? Yeah, she did change the will. I'm wondering if the letter was written before as like a last thing. She's got a lot of anger towards this middle kid. Yeah, she does. She's really angry with him. Police go to Robert and Heather. Robert has a white pickup truck that's just been washed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when they tell him about the murders, he has no reaction. The actor nails it. The actor looks like Lurch from the Munsters. Yeah, pretty much. In the expressionlessness. And more tellingly, he doesn't ask how they were killed. That's odd. That's just not right. That's a red flag. Yeah, that's a red flag. Heather says he was at home with me all night. So basically their alibis are each other. They ask Robert to take a polygraph and he agrees. 
immediately agrees. That was super important. Yeah. He's as cool as a cucumber. He says, yeah, I had issues with my family, but I didn't kill them. And then the actor, who is as stone-faced as Lurch, sees a fly on the table that is motionless, clearly a fake fly. The production is put there because it's big and it's not moving. It's very large. It's large. It's like Jeff Goldblum. And he slams his hand down and smushes the fly, just like instinct, and picks up his hand and his hand is covered in blood and fly guts. And so then we see the blood, all the sepia-toned blood. Unfortunately, I don't think that flies have blood like that. (laughs) They're not mosquitoes, so I don't know. It was very effective that this fly was somehow filled with blood, red blood. Right. Really quick, sorry, you did notice the objects on the detective's desk, right? The bookends? Yes, lots of red pops of... No, the brass things, did you see them? No. I don't know why they're there. They're two massive bookends, no books in between them, but the clear bookends, giant brass dolphins. Was that... What? Why? Was this episode supposed to take place in Florida? Did I just ruin your day? Why do they do this to us? Why do they throw in another creature all of a sudden? And also one that has nothing to do with Pennsylvania. I don't know, Kimberly. I don't know why they're there. I don't know why they need to be in the shot. Move them out of the shot. What is happening? One more thing. When they talk about the storm and they do this very dramatic shot of Joe as he's looking out to the window. Yeah. He locks the door. Because he's scared of the storm is going to break in. To keep the storm, the storm's coming in. But he goes, click. Storm is going to break into the house. You got to. It was just the timing of it. I understand what they were (laughs) trying to do. But they literally say this storm, blah, blah, blah. And you see him and he goes, click. (laughs) I don't trust that storm. That storm has priors for breaking and entering. All over town. If anything happens to me, it was the storm. (laughs) The storm did it. That storm is out on parole. So the results of the lie detector test are inconclusive. Hmm. Heather says the parents were a loving family and the parents totally support them. There's no drama. Heather's full of it. And then she picks up a pen That is red, of course. And she starts tapping it on a glass of water because on all of the shows on ID, anytime they're in a precinct, they get a glass of water, like a glass. A beautiful glass. It's usually really pristine, nice Pier 1 Imports glass. Yeah, never a bottle of water. But she has a glass of still water and she taps the red pen but it's not a very well-made pen. Obviously, this is no Bic pen. It's not (laughs) an ink pen. It's like a ballpoint Bic, upgraded Bic. And for some reason, it starts leaking ink into the water, so it looks like blood is dripping into the water. So there's they just really nail home this blood symbolism in this episode. Police go to see younger brother Stephen, who is hot and is wearing a white tank top and aviators. And he and a family friend run into each other outside of the barbershop and they hug and cry on the sidewalk and that used to be covered in blood. It's now not. Unfortunately, it gives away the whole thing this this moment does and it really bummed me out. (laughs) I mean, this was the moment that you knew exactly what happened because you're like, oh, come on, man. I mean, 
only some people who are constantly like assuming there's a twist would, which we are, because we're watching these shows for a twist. Or people that just study people. Yeah. It's the way that this man, the family friend talks about this encounter. It just gives it away. Yeah. They couldn't cut it well enough to him not give it away. Yeah. He says they were hugging and he can't believe it would happen. And he was, they were just holding each other. And we see them outside the barbershop just hugging each other and crying. Police interview Stephen. He's crying and he points to his brother, Robert. And Stephen doesn't live there, right? This is important that Stephen lives in New York, not Pennsylvania. Stephen, who was a legend in the Air Force, lived almost two hours away. Yeah. He has cancer. Police don't think he's a suspect at all. He says he was home sleeping that night, living in New York with a friend while he's going through chemotherapy. Police ask him, can just one last thing, you're totally not a suspect. Can you take off your shirt? Pulls down one side of his shirt and shows them his shoulder, which doesn't have any bruising from a gun, which they were looking for bruising from this gun. And they say, how about your other shoulder? And he says, I shoot left-handed. There, there won't be anything there. And they're like, just show it to us. And he pulls down his other shoulder and there is a bruise there. Then he takes off his whole shirt and he says, (laughs) I forgot I fell against a railing and that is how I got this bruise in my shoulder. Okay? That's a bad lie. Police are suspicious, but he really has no motive, they think. But then they go, actually, he totally does. Because if Robert is going to be written out of the will, it's only... Stephen and Michael that are left in the will. And if Michael's killed, that only leaves Stephen to get all the money. And if the parents are dead, he gets the money right away. As Dennis Murphy would say, qui bono, who benefits? Stephen. Good callback. A plus. Thank you. We see their dramatic zoomed in shots, which they always do on the show and they kill me. They're like super dramatic zoomed in shots. But this time they're all standing behind a glass front door. Did you notice that? I did notice that. So we're only seeing them through a glass. I don't know. Do we like it? No, because I could barely tell who was who. I need to see them close up, like not through glass. Sorry, did I also mention that Heather in her interview with police is wearing another, isn't wearing a different red cocktail dress? Different red cocktail dress. And she keeps pulling it up too. It's a strapless red cocktail dress. That Not to be confused with the one with the red cocktail dress that she's wearing when the police come to their house to interview them. She's changed into a, a more specific police interview red cocktail dress for the interview room. She has a closet of them for different occasions. She has one section that is my children's sporting events. And then she has another section for police interrogations. And then a third one that is going out. And maybe she thought that the darker magenta or the darker red was less look at me. Maybe. They're all very look at me. So again, no shame. Flaunt it. Girl power but not at your children's Little League game. You're going to fall in those heels and your dress is going to get all ruined. I've just never seen anyone wear cocktail dresses all the time. I've just never seen it in no. real life. I would like to meet that person. I think, ironically, if she goes out clubbing, she might wear pajamas or something. I think she got has it all backwards. Yeah. Maybe she wears shorts. I don't know. Yeah. She doesn't like overalls or something. Like what sweats, what you would wear to go grocery shopping. She wears to the club. She is all mixed up. So she's breaking all society's rules. Love it. 
Police bring in Robert again, and we see a close-up of the sweat rolling down his face. I did not like that shot. I really didn't like that shot. I don't know. I don't, yeah. It was really close. Really close up. They ask Robert, does Stephen shoot left or right-handed? And Robert says, right, which would mean the bruises are from shooting and there was no railing that attacked him. And he's lying. They collect all of Robert's guns and they're shown not to be a match. So Robert and Heather are out of police crosshairs for now as we see the detective looking through the crosshairs of the gun. Very clever. There we go. Police go to the friends that Stephen has been living with rent-free for a year. He's been living rent-free. So even though he wasn't taking money from his parents, he is taking money from some people, it appears. They say he's a little odd, but he has cancer. So we give him a place to stay. I'm sorry, is this guy's name Ryan Ryerson? <laughs> Maybe, something like that. Ryan Reinenson, Chess Chesterton. Yes. Robert Reinerson. There you go. So Brenda asks us, is Stephen a more calculating son of a gun? That was good, Brenda. Good, because the gun, there's the gun, and he's a son. He has a colostomy bag. But police still say, we are going to call the hospital for your medical records. And this is when Hot Steven announces that he has been faking cancer to get a free place to stay. So this family is filled with horrible people. You're straight up going to burn in hell. Yeah, that's the that's horrible. I thought Marlene was bad for being mean to an adopted child. This is so despicable. Like it's that's disgusting. It's horrible. The police go to the friends that have been letting them stay there and they say they're shocked and angry, except the actors don't really sell it. They kind of just seem like, oh, well, I'm not getting paid enough to act shocked. I would have been burning things down if I found out that I had been helping someone for a year and they were faking cancer. I'm sure they were. I'm sure if we got interviews with, oh, yeah. Yeah, I just don't think the actors were given that note that they should be more upset. Be real mad. Yeah. Be so mad. Be as mad. Normally, you'd have to give some example to an actor, like how mad you should be. This is the actual example is what happened. You were letting someone stay in your house for a year and they were faking cancer. You don't even have to say, imagine so-and-so to get your emotions right for that scene. That is exactly what happened. That's what happened. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So the actors or the people, the real friends say, well, now we're not going to protect Stephen. If we were before, you can have a look at anything. Look around the property. In fact, here's my gun. The owner of the house does have a gun. He says he's never used it. He bought it for shooting. He doesn't think Stevens ever used it, but the police take the gun and it's been wiped down and there's blood inside the barrel. And oh. it's probably from son Michael who had a ton of blood spatter. And the ballistics match perfectly. This is the gun that killed the family. So police think when Marlene removed Robert from the will, Michael and Stephen were the beneficiaries. So hot Stephen, who's no longer hot to me, sneaks into the house on the night of the storm, shoots everyone. And at this point, we see in Marlene's room when she's killed, there are angels wings on the wall, Ooh. like white feathery angel wings that the granddaughter that she so snubbed wears. Yeah. And they're covered with blood. I didn't like that shot. 
I felt like that was not good. Is that a is that a f- diss towards Marlene? So they want you to remember how she was towards the granddaughter? She's been murdered. I don't know what it was exactly. It just kind of hit me wrong and I'm not sure why. Does that make sense? It just like made me feel icky. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why the, you have those. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we're getting this shot. I don't know. This whole murder was really bad. I don't understand why he was so mad. Stephen was so mad and they make really specific point that he went back after he shot his mom and shot his dad and his brother again in their already practically gone faces, shot them again. Yeah. Why was he so mad? Well, we'll get to something at the very end. It might have had something to do with because at the picnic, Brenda says he would never take money from his parents, not that they've ever offered. So that might be one part of it. But they loved him and were super proud of him and talked about his accomplishments all the time. That's true. That's true. So the blood inside the gun matches to Michael. So they are sure that this is the gun. Stephen is charged with triple homicide. And the real person actually does look, I thought, pretty much like the actor. Good job casting. He does. It's usually decades off and just looks wise, just couldn't be more different. This was very close, except the real Steven seemed very tall. Mm. And this the actor didn't seem as tall, but that was about it. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Good. He gets three life sentences. The family friend says we will never really know why. But I thought they had really established that it was because of money. So I don't know. But Brenda says the Lacey residents are shocked. And she calls him Lacey Residence, even though it's Laceyville. Do people shorten things like that? We're around your parts. How dare you call out Brenda? She made a mistake. But I don't know <laughs> if it was a mistake. I'm actually wondering, do Laceyville people just call it Lacey maybe for short? That could be. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Anyways, she says they're all shocked, but then they're even further shocked by a big revelation that comes out. This would be an OMG moment. On a dateline. For sure. Through the DNA investigation that they did for the case, police find out that Stephen isn't really Joe's son. What? Dun, dun, dun. Wow. And then we see a family friend who says, I wonder if Joe knew, which makes me wonder, did he know? Did he feel like there was something going on? We don't, did Marlene know that Joe wasn't the father? And then it, They say a lot of things make sense now. And then they show a clip of the little angel girl, Brianna. And then they show a clip of Marlene. And I was trying to figure out what they were saying. Like Marlene doesn't like adopted children because she cheated on her husband and had a child that wasn't his. What are they trying to say? I have no idea. But why do they say a lot of things are making sense now? What makes sense now? I think they're more saying that his motivation to kill him, but they're not showing the right people in the episode. It's like the wires got crossed again. (laughs) And so, but we don't even know if he knew that he wasn't the son. We don't know if anybody knew. We don't know if Joe knew. Yeah, we don't know if Joe or Marley knew. That only came out in the DNA testing. Correct. So we don't know who anybody knew or if that had anything to do with the motive. Do you think that more they were trying to say that Joe was a good man and his fruit basically like wouldn't have 
been able to commit murder. Oh, no. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to say. I can't figure it out. It's a weird. It's weird. But Marlene might have been not the nicest. And it was her apple that fell from the tree. Mm -hmm. Her side of the genetic tree. Yeah. I don't know. And she's wearing red because apples. I don't know what's happening. It's not terrible. Okay. It was kind of a reach. It's, you've had worse. It's not that bad. I've had worse. Okay. And then at the very end, the tarantula crawls by, which is very rare, very rare for the show to have a final callback to the creature. It's usually forgotten by this time. And that was also season two. Last week was season two. And they're pulling a shot from the earlier point in the episode. They pulled him crawling across glass. It was just a close up, but it was mm-hmm. the same shot. You make an excellent point. So why don't they do this later? They don't have to do a whole second setup. They can just borrow a scene from earlier in the episode and call back that animal. I have no idea because they don't use the animals much later. They use them incredibly more in other seasons. Mm -hmm. They use them a lot more. I would say we saw the tarantula maybe four or five times. And I would say normally we see them maybe 10 times. Depends. Uh, Yeah, it really does depend. You're right. Some episodes like that butterfly episode, we had saw a million butterflies the whole episode. Which is why I think this all comes down to the director and it's going to be down to that IMDb cross search. Yeah, you're right. That's going to be a a winter break project. That's that I might have to delve into with some hot cocoa. You're going to need a new printer for that. (laughs) You are. No amount of ink toner in the world will save me. I need a new printer. I know what I'm getting you. That's (laughs) done. One of those thermal printers. Does that take ink? I just sounds fancy. Oh, what is that? How much are those? I've heard people say it. I don't really know what it is. I think that might be for printing t-shirts. Oh, well, so anyways, we but we learned about carving forks and that's the important thing. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we hope you're enjoying Blood Relatives. Keep subscribing so we can keep doing this show. Make sure you're downloading because apparently our numbers have been dropping, which I'm very sad about. I'm so sorry. But if you'd also like us to do something else, also, please let us know that, too, just so we know. Yeah. If you're sick of this. If you're sick of this, there's many other offerings on ID Network. That is true. But none quite like this. So we want to go where the people want us to be. That's true. Don't we, aren't we allowed to get some enjoyment from it? We've had a lot of months of enjoyment from blood relatives. You're right. I know. You're right. I'm going to go cry now. We can still do a few more. It's okay. Maybe we'll go away and we'll come back for an occasional one. and It'll be even more special. See that it'll be special again. I think that's a good, I think it's a good plan. Yeah. Let us know what you want though. Yeah. Let us know. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. It's what happens when you brush all of the hair in the back (laughs) to the front. It's not all to the front, though. There are pieces that it's like pieces. Parts of it are up, you know, like Rob Thomas in Matchbox 20. Have you never been to like a stylist? Exactly right. It's the halo. But it's the only time it's like that. Don't talk about halos. The little girl has the halo. Okay, that's all right. But you know what I'm talking, where it's like, we're going to do a piece. You've never heard the term PC. And also, if you're in a salon chair and the stylist says to you, what about like we'd make it sort of PC in the front, get out of the chair. 
Get out of there. Oh, that's bad. Are you kidding me? That's like a guy saying, I'm a DJ. You want to come back to my van? You say no. PC in the front means she's about to give you uneven, long layered bangs. Mm. Get up from the chair. Unless you like that. (laughs) Unless you like having your hair look like crap, Katie says. If you have a perfect face, then you can do whatever you want. But if maybe you don't like a feature on your face, like I don't like two out of the three, I can't have that haircut. (laughs) So I got to get out of the chair. I have also not been to a stylist in 20 years, but that's another story. I'm traumatized, clearly. Yeah, because of the peaciness. Yeah. 